1: wanted to know what's going on with the Penn State offensive line everyone wanted to know why is this happening for Penn State football so I did a very very deep dive into the Penn State recruiting efforts along the offensive line to try and find some answers so if you're going to do recruiting you bring on Ryan Snyder to help you fill in the gaps of uh, basically all of the things so Ryan welcome to the show thanks for coming on and appreciate you doing this today of course man it's an important topic everybody's asking about it uh, so what I'd like to do is I've gone back since 2016 to look at all of the recruiting classes, the offensive line in particular specifically about uh, what Penn state's been able to do along the offensive line that goes back to now. It will include every offensive line coach recruiting at least one class for Penn state football under James Franklin to see if we can find some themes, see if we can find some uh, common threads. And uh, my theory is, The year you're hired, that's not necessarily your class. You're keeping together a class that the other guy recruited, and then the next year being your first year. Does that make sense? Is that a fair way to look at that? Yeah, of course. Yep. Okay. So, for example, here we go. 2016. I went back to 2016 because this is the first... Uh, and only class for Herb Hand that was individually his uh, before he left Penn State. And it also is important because it made up the bulk of the offensive line for Penn State under James Franklin during the majority of the time we're looking at. From Michael Mennett, Will Fries, Connor McGovern, these guys were uh, the the players that made a big um, impact for Penn State recruiting. And what I found looking through all of these different classes and all these different... um, uh, recruiting efforts by Penn State is that they've missed on one key thing that's led to them having the situation they did in 2020 is that they can't seem to consistently get top 250 tackles, uh, tackle prospects specifically. Now, um, when you look at the, the the breadth of where things kind of went off the rails, we were talking about 2017. Can you tell us, uh, fill us in a little bit of what you saw in 2017 from the recruiting efforts for Penn State?
0: uh you know it was a so-so class i guess you could say i mean they, they they certainly missed out on a few guys but you know of course having cj thorpe not really work out as well and you know robert martin didn't really pan out i mean that was i think that was the the bulk of of where your issues are i mean when, when those guys were were prospects uh you know I, I coming out i i thought they were pretty good and yeah there as you put on the graphic there of course uh, neither were were true tackles, so uh, that's that's kind of where you start, right? I mean, yeah. the, the tackle issue seems to be uh, the one that everybody's talking about, and I think it's a theme as uh, as we go through this.
1: the The thing that I, I've noticed too is that interior offensive line hasn't been a problem. Penn State's gotten high quality players, even if they haven't worked out. I mean, that's kind of uh, a thing that when it comes to the best players in the country. Anyone can not even anyone, but lots of people can play on the interior. But it's those guys that can play on the perimeter. Because again, Michael Mennett was a top 100 player in the country, was a longtime starter for Penn State. But those guys on the outside uh, have have really eluded Penn State. Going into 2018, the the background of this class, this was really the best offensive line group that Penn State was able to put together. But there's some issues here that are just really unfortunate for Penn State, especially with the two guys in the middle of the list. Uh, what was uh, what was the story with Penn State's 2018 class?
0: Well, I mean, it depends. So are you, are you talking about specifically like with missing out on tackles or who they missed out on? Is that, uh, is that what you mean by that? Well, there, there was
1: a couple of injury issues, a couple of medical issues with with the players in this class that I think really yeah. kind of set up Penn State in a rough position.
0: Yeah, well, of course, Asiato, of course, you know, he, um, I believe he was a heart condition. And Jordan Minor, I think, was in that same class. And both of those guys uh, were unable to, you know, give it a go, which was really unfortunate. I mean, Nana was considered one of the best uh, offensive tackle prospects in the country at the time. I believe he was... But we have in there as one ten national, um, I believe. Like some some sites had him, you know, a little higher than that. I mean, he was considered. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, certainly one of the top ten or so uh, offensive tackles. Uh, and then of course, you know, you, you're missing out on, um, you know, Juice Scruggs. Uh, his development was was you know really delayed too. I think who they missed out Jalen Duncan was somebody they they went after for Maryland, Chris Blyke. Um, you know, he ended up at Florida and then moved around a little bit, he was another one they missed out on. But, uh, but yeah, having Asiado, you know, miss out the, the way he did, um, you know, because of that heart condition really really set them back for sure.
1: So, before going any further, I want to get your perspective on this topic in general, just kind of the broad view of where you think Penn State has uh, been when it comes to recruiting the offensive line and how you think that that informed James Franklin's decisions over time with offensive line coach and some of the decisions they've made.
0: I think it's incredibly difficult to recruit tackles. I think like people simplify it as if like, oh, why don't you have more tackles? Well, there's a standard, you know, there's a standard of if they're just recruiting long long guys who aren't really maybe you know uh, what you want to see on film uh that 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 really narrows the gap i mean you, you just do this they use this all the time but do a google search how many six foot four 260 pound uh people are out there in, in the world yep. and then also by the way they're they're athletic enough to play tackle and it's, it's an extremely narrow window and all the best of them are being coveted by the the best schools in the country so it's you know, it's certainly a spot that they have missed out on, you know, we can, we can go through some of these lists and, uh, you know, they, they've, they've clearly have tried to find, um, you know, the six, four, you know, not really the six, five, six guy, you know, six, five, six, six kind of guy. But, you know, rather that, that kind of tweener and then, you know, have hoped that some of them kind of pan out uh, and it hasn't just hasn't exactly kind of, panned out that way, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the indicative of the situation that they're in right now is that you've got a lot of guys that during their development process, if you're going for guys that have position flexibility, sometimes it doesn't necessarily work out at tackle. Uh, So that's why... Penn State fans and some of the people that have talked to us, especially if you want to subscribe to Blue White Illustrated, you can ask us these questions directly. And people that have talked to Ryan and I have said they just keep recruiting interior linemen, but the position flexibility is a big thing for Penn State because of what you just talked about, right? Like they specifically are looking for those guys if they can't get these top 250 players, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, well, for example, in 2018, you know, there, there were some late guys like, um, is it DeWan Jones, I believe. He ended up at Ohio State. You know, they, they were really pushing for him. Um, there was a couple others. I'm trying to think uh, who comes to mind. Walter Rouse, he ended up at Stanford. He was a the guy they were really pushing for in 2018. Um, missed out on him. Uh, I'm trying to think Darian Dalcourt he was more of a guard though I don't I don't think he's a good example Doug Nestor. Doug Nestor in 2018 ended up at Virginia Tech he was he was a guy they really could have uh, could have used in that class but um yeah man I mean when you miss out on those three or four elite guys and then it kind of snowballs a little bit for a couple years you know you're plugging gaps with guys who you know certainly fit the interior better
1: yeah this this is I guess what brought all of this up to me, and some of the guys you were mentioning here, that uh, that Penn State was going after in that class, what 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 brought it up in my mind was watching Penn State and, and Phil Tratwain push so hard to get so many tackle prospects this year, and something that you said to me earlier in in you know just working on recruiting and some of the things is that if you're not a tackle, you're not necessarily always ranked so highly. So are all these guys that we're talking about, are they all tackles? Or are these just, does it end up being that tackle is short for top 250 or some of the best players in the country?
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation
1: with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech.
1: It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um,
0: no, I mean there there are top guys. Go- I mean you know Landon Tengwall still yeah he still wasn't a five star but he was still considered a top you know fifty or so prospect. So mm-hmm. I just think that the tackle position again i mean it comes back to what i was saying it's so narrow uh yeah. for for the very best okay i mean you're you're asking for something that's very rare in yeah. this world which is to find big humans who can are incredibly athletically gifted yep and, and that's why i mean you see usually you know uh the top handful of tackles are ranked higher than the top handful of guards um and you know i'll be curious like this is kind of getting off talk about i'll be curious to see alex Birchmar is gonna be someone to really watch with that because he is an incredible offensive line prospect um but I bet he, I bet he doesn't finish as high as some some tackles, and he may be even a better prospect. But it's just how coveted they are, and of course, when you're doing these lists, you're trying to project on who will end up in the NFL. I mean, that's why you have five star players, right? That's yep. Why that's why you normally see thirty two five stars, thirty two first round draft picks. That's kind of the the mindset with that. So. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a little off topic there, of course. But, but um, no,
1: it's, it's, yeah. impo- it's, it's informing exactly, I think, the point that I found going into this is is exactly what you're saying, is that not only are these players rare, they're highly coveted, and there's very, very, very select number of them that even when you do get one, they end up working out because Rashid Walker is a top 100 player who throughout his career showed promise but I don't think ever delivered necessarily on that particular promise so the idea is get players like that every year and that's the level James Franklin is talking about. This is this is in detail the level that James Franklin is talking about of trying to get to the next level, compete on a higher level for Penn State football. And this stuff, I think in 2019, before Penn State made a move, sorry, excuse me, in 2020, before Penn State made a move to fill Troutwine, you can see that after 2018, things kind of went downhill where Penn State's missing and they're taking now guys that you described before of Guys that maybe don't have the physical profile of somebody who is going to be a five-star tackle, but have the size and length and a, and can develop into that, which is another thing that I think people were are talking about. They haven't done that. Olufushanu mm-hmm. might play in the bowl game, so we might see the fruits of those labors, but they are incredibly delayed when it comes to especially the offensive line. You can see on this list the number of guys that they went after and the guys that had committed before they decommitted and went other places. So I think it's just a more complex picture than people are depicting when it comes to the offensive line and some of the efforts that go in there. Because even good places that develop offensive linemen and have a knack for it and have a a, a, um, a reputation for it, like in Iowa, they're not developing all-around players. They're developing guys that are very good at one thing, but might mm-hmm. not be the complete prospect. And that's what yeah. Penn State, correct me if I'm wrong, that's that's what Penn State's looking for is guys that can do both. They can pass protect and be good run blockers, and that's the rub of where they're trying to fill this issue of uh, scarcity and some of the misses that they're trying to overcome from previous years.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that they recruit for versatility, and then okay. I think that they want to narrow the, the window when they get them here um just because again i mean there, you have five offensive linemen right i mean you you need i mean it's one of the most obviously it's you know there's more offensive linemen than any other position out there right so yeah. uh it, it's it's one of those spots where uh you know a few guys aren't going to pan out so if you recruited two really good right guards um and and you know one of them's versatile enough that's kind of the mindset and then you but you have to develop after that too and and obviously um you know we, we that's taking some time here no, there's no doubt about that but um Yeah, I mean, I. I, This is an incredibly difficult subject for for me to really kind of get into just because I I, I do feel like there's some guys there. Like, I I think Olu Fashano is going to be a really good player. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think it needs time. This is an incredibly hard position uh, that takes time. Um, You know to develop but this is also why you know Andy Frank uh, talked to us last week about how the transfer portal and offensive linemen are are probably going to be hand in hand every year just because they know that they can go out and get guys who are established already Um, it's a lot easier to fill a gap. with a transfer portal player than, yeah. than obviously a high school player
1: coming in. I said this on a previous show. That's what the NFL does as well. Certain teams that if if they've missed a couple times, they'll just go trade for a veteran, send a fifth-round pick out there for a guy that has proven track record that might fit York's salary cap structure better, And and not to make a comparison that I think fans are still uncomfortable with when it comes to the transfer portal, but it's kind of the same subject of, okay, it is very hard to hit on five offensive linemen. Even the best lines that you're thinking of, they're not all great football players. They have a couple mm-hmm. of really good ones and a couple of ones that are that are good at football, but not these there are no lines that have five exceptional NFL players and when you do, it's an absolute rarity. So it's about getting the average up. Do you think Penn State has been trending in that way with some of the classes they've signed recently?
0: I would have told you that <laughs> in 2018. You know, yeah. I mean, that's yep. the thing about recruiting, right? I mean, I would have told you, yeah, I would have told you that in twenty nineteen too, and 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 so on and so forth. It's just got to see it on the field. And before, I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, I, I do feel I do feel really good about Drew Shelton. I think Drew Shelton is going to be a, a solid prospect. I've seen him twice in person now. He does a lot of little things right. I think technically, he's he's ahead of a lot of guys. Uh, and then J.B. Nelson fits that mold of. You know, a road grader. You know, somebody they need. He, he seems to be stronger than than the Lackawanna guys they've recruited in the past. Um, but Malik McNeil's certainly going to need some time. Um, you know, he's an incredibly gifted athlete. There's no questioning that. I just, I just haven't seen from a technical perspective. Uh, I mean, he's just been bigger than everybody else forever. Right. You know, and that's right. what that's what makes it so hard, though. I mean, all of these guys have really just rely eighty percent on their size. Um, And, and, you know, throughout their high school career that uh, it makes it hard um, to it makes it really hard to project. Uh, And this is why this is why getting guys to camp and working with the staff is I mean, this this position may be more important than any other.
1: Yeah. And I think it is more difficult to to scout. Like truth, truthfully, mm-hmm. when you look at these things, I think you're, you're you're spot on because a guy even came up this week and it's that's fits perfectly into Joshua Miller, who's come in and we've talked about this before. A filter out one is trying to change the uh, I think the type of player that Penn State goes after when they go after offensive lineman too, where we've seen developmental guys that maybe have the big frame then you see what Phil Troutwine is going out and getting of big guys that are already big. There's no fill out yeah. about Joshua Miller. And you see that too with with JP Nelson and Malik McNeil and uh, especially, as you mentioned, Landon Tangwall. Um, what I found looking at this is that considering the last two classes, Penn State has exactly as many f- uh, top 250 tackles that they've recruited between Tangwall and Drew Shelton, wherever they end up. They were a tackle when they were being recruited in high school. They have as many as they have since 2016 under James Franklin. So for Penn State mm-hmm. football fans that are thinking this offensive line and where it's going and trying to to throw some some fire and, and, and or explosives and blow the whole thing up. It does seem to me like things are trending in the right direction. You're getting the guys at those critical positions. Maybe you're not getting all of them, but you are getting more than you were previously. So that's, I think, a good thing for Penn State football fans to focus on going forward. And then it will become about the development, as we've talked about, of are they right about these guys and are they projecting forward in a positive way uh, from a development standpoint. And that's why I'm very interested. You you brought up uh, Olufoshanu as a prospect he might be one of those guys that you just need to hit on one of them, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen at certain positions, how does it work um, when when you hit at one position and then that guy goes on and has great success? Is that a tangible thing that works for in your favor at positions?
0: I, I mean, over the span of three quarters of a decade, yeah. I wouldn't say, you know, if Oshana oh, goes out there and has a great season next year, that, you know, that's going to help them in offensive line recruiting. I, I, I would still think that they would... They would point to you know when I mean obviously when they're out on recruiting yeah they'll they'll be pointing to that stuff but when it comes to you know trying to become a a powerhouse tackle program or something like that it it takes longer than that for sure yeah um but I want to bring up one thing you you showed that list of those misses for last year twenty twenty one I mean Nolan Rucci man I mean that how big that that miss looks so monstrous right now um and and you know really I mean again he would have needed time you know just like all these other guys but. You know, and, and that whole class too. Wyatt Malone. I mean, he was somebody that I, we we thought at one point Penn State was going to get. Tristan Lee, Diego Pounds. I mean, Diego Pounds was basically a silent commit. We thought. Yes, yeah. I was working the on the the his film room.
1: Clouds. You you were telling yeah. me I was working on his film room the night before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's
0: right. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, all of those guys. I mean, th- those were that sucked last year. I mean, that, that, that there was no way else to look at it. I mean, that was, there was some, some major hits that really, really hurt them. And yeah, I mean, again, it wouldn't have helped this year, but it's really moving forward. You know, if you would have had one or two of those guys in the program, uh, it would have helped a lot. And I think that's a big reason why the, the, the portal is going to be so important to tackle now. Uh, because if these one or two of these guys would have been in the, in the system, you know, obviously, uh, you wouldn't have had as many scholarships for, for the portal and whatnot, but right. Uh, you know, ha- having the least quality guys that you're developing there would, would really help a lot.
1: Uh, one last thing. I just want to uh, hit on this because, as you mentioned, uh, Olufoshanu's had a lot of buzz about him so far this season. This is what Caden Wallace had to say about him uh, on Friday during Bowl Media Session availability. He's just really athletic, and he can, uh,
0: he can pick certain techniques he wants to work on um, for a day at practice, and he, uh, he can get some pretty good reps in. Pretty good yeah, learning reps. Right. he yeah. yeah, does it every day. I'm Stacks up, so he starts to develop.
1: So I guess I went into this, and in, and what I found was that I was trying to understand why Penn State made the change from Matt Limegrover originally. And if you look at the recruiting, some of the bad luck, and then some of the the changeover they had at that tackle position, that might be, uh, Olafishanu might be the last part of that that, uh, that springs forward into the next group of players. And I guess it's just really interesting to watch how some of the things you don't see, and there's such a delayed reaction along the offensive line, that what is now was made three years ago. Especially when it comes to that particular position, is there any other thoughts you have on on Penn State's recruiting of this position uh, going forward with Phil Trotwine?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I still believe uh, Phil Trotwine's a pretty good coach, and I know there, you know, some fans are bummed out, they you know, not happy with the way this season went. I think that there are some differences in his room compared to what he wants to do, and it's simply, it's going to take time, and I, I think. I think if you would ask a lot of fans, uh, I think a lot of fans honestly wanted Penn State to move on this year, and I, I think that's a, would have been a bad decision. And yeah. I, I think James Franklin did the right thing by keeping consistency there. Uh, he's proven in the past, um, you know, that that he's a, he's a solid coach. So just that's the coaching side of it. the The second side, I, I would say this is Evan Link from Gonzaga in Washington DC is an incredibly important prospect. Penn State has to land him because. Yeah. What I see from Samson Okanlola, what I see from Luke Montgomery, what I see from Chase Besantis, uh, and a few other national guys, I think it's going to be really hard for them to land him. And and Link is the most, uh, I, I think he's the best prospect. Again, I mean, I, I hate saying you know, yeah, all these things as a surety because you know we we've seen different uh, you know different things play out over the years, but. Uh, fundamentally in some things he he's incredibly important He he's he's pretty well established and uh you know he's been to Penn State a couple times now so I just when you're looking at 2023 now moving forward uh Evan Link has to be at the top of your offensive tackle wish list Luke Montgomery too I just man I think Notre Dame and Ohio State are ahead yeah and uh you know a couple other I mean Chase Basantis, he's been tough to read and Samson Okalola Penn State might have, be in the mix with him he just doesn't talk or, I mean, he talks, he just doesn't really visit anywhere. So it's hard to, hard to get a read on that recruitment. But uh, I I still think Phil Troutwine is, is a good coach, a good recruiter. He just got Joshua Miller this week. He's got Alex Birchmeyer. I mean, there, there are some quality guys coming through. Uh, You know, I think Matthias Barnwell could eventually end up being an offensive tackle. Uh, So if he can put together a good quality offensive line group, this, this for 2023 uh, and then maybe hit on, on two solid incoming transfers, Uh, you know, it it would really help, but this is still, this is something that's going to take time. And, you know, I think if you're looking for, you know, snap your fingers and something to be different in 2022,
1: um, uh, good luck. (laughs) Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show today and that's kind of what I want to do. I want to give a perspective of the the long view of how you got here and kind of the long view of how you get out for Penn State football fans. that want to know more about this stuff. I think this is the in-depth stuff that, that can help you kind of understand all of those things. So Ryan Snyder, Recruiting Insider, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for talking me through this.
0: Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Merry Christmas. We'll be back tomorrow with the BWI Daily Edition.